All I need are some tasty waves, cool buzz, and I'm fine. Inconceivable! You lose! Good day, sir! By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. Alrighty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am GamerDude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. You may hear it in my voice. I'm a little tired these days. Mrs. GamerDude and I have been recovering from a flood. I've mentioned it in my Twitch stream. Probably talked about it more than you ever cared to hear about floods, but... Today's episode is inspired by our little flood. Now, when I say flood, this is not Superstorm Sandy level, three feet of water in the basement type of flood. That's really a catastrophic thing, and that's not nearly what happened to us. We just had a little water, a couple of inches. But a couple of inches can do some damage too, and it's so frustrating, and it leaves you feeling so helpless. There's nothing you can do about it. All you can do is recover from it. But the flood did inspire today's episode. It reminded me of some stuff that I went through in my childhood because we grew up in a house with a wet basement. Boy, oh boy, were those some fun times. And I'll tell you about that. And I'll also tell you about fighting a flood. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to minimize anybody who's been through a really bad flood. I mean, two inches of water is only two inches of water. And it's just stuff. I mentioned this in our Discord. It's just stuff. We've just lost stuff. And yes, it's a pain in the butt having to clean up. And it's a pain in the butt having to dry out things. And it's heartbreaking to have to throw things away that you've had for years. But at the end of the day, it's just stuff. We weren't rendered homeless. Our house didn't collapse. No pets were washed away. Everybody's fine. It's just one of those things that happens in your life and it makes you pause, come to a full stop, and it affects you on a day-to-day basis. So we'll talk about that a little too. But it's funny about this flood. It reminded me so much of my childhood. Now, the house my parents bought when we moved to New Jersey was up on a hill, so you wouldn't think that you'd get flooding. But the way they built it, they didn't build it right on the peak of a hill. The peak of the hill was a little to the left. For lack of a better term, it was a little to the left. Water was still able to run down towards our house. It wasn't a steep mountainous hill, but there was a definite incline. Now, when I was a kid, I didn't care about this. I didn't notice anything like this. Didn't matter to me that we were on a little bit of a hill. Why did I care? It made it hard to ride my bike up the driveway. That was the extent of my caring. Oh, I wish we were on level ground. Having to ride uphill at the end of the day, so tiring. So I didn't care that we were on a hill. It was only later in life that I figured out what the problem was. And I heard my parents complain about it all of my life. And I remember them trying to do things to remedy this leak problem that we had in the basement. Our neighbors across the street, they weren't on the hill. They were on more of a level area. And I remember they had a nice finished basement. They had tile floors. They had paneling on the walls. They had tables set up so you could play board games. So the neighbors across the street, they had it made. Beautiful basement, lots of extra room. The basement in our house, not so much. It was a concrete floor, cinder block walls. And you know, when it was dry outside, it was fine. We played on the floor. We'd set up our train sets. We'd have our cowboy and Indian battles on the floor. We could roll our dump trucks and our matchboxes. We'd set up our Hot Wheels track. It would all be set up in the basement. Not a problem when it was dry. What happened, though, after a couple of days of rain, and in New Jersey, we do have more than a couple of days of rain at a time. So after a couple of days of rain, the water would seep into the basement and fill in around the edges of the basement. Now, we didn't have French drains. For those who don't know, a French drain is kind of like a trench all around the foundation of the house. 
so that the water accumulates there and then, if done correctly, flows outside of the house, ideally into a well with a sump pump. But even without the sump pump, there's a drain where the water is supposed to flow out of the house. So it never accumulates inside the basement. We didn't have that. Nor did we have a sump pump. What we had was water accumulating in the basement year after year after year. Now, after just a couple of days of rain, the water would accumulate. And what we would do is we would have these giant floor squeegees. And we would have to squeegee the water out of the basement, through the garage, and out into the driveway. What is a floor squeegee, you ask? Well, imagine those squeegees you use to clean the windshield on your car. It's that rubber-bladed thing you use to just sweep water. Imagine one of those squeegees the size of a shop broom. It's about two, two and a half feet across on the end of basically a broomstick. And what you do is you use it to push the water along the floor. And why do you have this? Well, because this is the days before shop vacs. The wet-dry vacs, you've seen those? One of the greatest inventions of all time. You don't realize it's one of the greatest inventions of all time until you've lived in a wet basement. The ability to vacuum up water. Oh my God, it's such a lifesaver. Because when I was a kid, we would use the floor squeegees and whisk brooms. Those giant straw brooms that you use on the floor, we would just sweep the water out or squeegee the water out. That's what we would have to do. Now, that was after only a couple of days. If you had a week's worth of rain, which in New Jersey is not uncommon, that water would pool in the basement. It wasn't inches of water, but you'd get a good half an inch of water in there. So as kids, my brother, my sister, and I were all on water duty, and we had to sweep or squeegee or sponge the water out of the basement. And we didn't think anything of it. We just accepted this as a fact of life until we realized the neighbors didn't have that problem. It was quite the realization when we discovered that not everybody had to spend rainstorms squeegeeing their basements. And again, it's not the end of the world. I was a kid who lived in a wet basement. It's fine, whatever. We learned it was part of life. No big deal. I mean, it's a pain in the ass. It wasn't my favorite job, but it had to be none. So we did it. One of the little and lesser known side effects of having a wet basement, however, is the ever-present, slightly musty smell. For instance, if you've ever been to your grandmother's house and you go into the basement, those old basements, they didn't have sump pumps. They didn't have French drains. You go into an old basement, you get that slightly musty smell. That's from accumulated years of moisture just hanging around down there. It's never been dried out. Maybe there's a little mold in it, but there's just something that just never dries out all the way. So you get a little mustiness. And one of the problems in my parents' house was the landing for the cellar stairs that ended at the bottom of the cellar stairs was made of wood. And that wooden landing was in the corner where most of the water came in. So the first place it would pool was under the cellar stairs. And it wasn't a vented landing. It was a solid block of wood. I mean, solid. It was a plywood base up on two by fours. But there was no spacing in the two by fours. So it was solid against the floor. And so those two by fours would soak in water. If it rained for a week, they'd soak in water for a week. And sure, you could squeegee the water out that seeped out from underneath. But you never got that wood dry. It would just dry on its own for as long as it takes wet wood to dry in a basement, which isn't immediately. And couple that with the fact that my parents stored so much stuff in the basement. Old books, old magazines, old paintings, old everything. And if you store stuff in the basement and it's a wet basement, it gets at least slightly damp. You know how some books have that musty smell? It's because they've gotten damp. You don't get that musty smell out of an old book that's been in the desert for 50 years. But if you have an old book that's been in a humid environment, that's kind of lingered there for five or ten years, absorbing moisture, 
you get that musty smell. So I grew up in a house that always had a slightly musty smell. It wasn't overly offensive, and it's not anything that I really noticed until after I moved out. It's when I would go home that I'd notice, (laughs) take that sniff, and you go, wow, there's a little mustiness here. And you could trace it down to the wet basement. And the longer you let that condition linger, the mustier the place gets. Again, not horrible, not bad, not offensive. It's just there's a definite odor to things. The basement, clothes hanging in the closet, books sitting on the shelf. And I think that's one of the reasons that as I got older, I became a little more sensitive to smells. I mean, I like good smells, cooking smells, baking smells, flowers. I like good smells, but I'm acutely aware of bad smells and they bother me. I associate mustiness with not necessarily a bad smell, but it's, I guess, an unsettling smell. It bothers me. So when I moved out of my parents' house, I was acutely aware of keeping things smelling fresh. I think that's one of the reasons I love candles so much. They make the house smell good. I don't ever want to smell the musty smell. I like the clean. I like the smell of Macintosh apples. I like the smell of banana bread. That's why I buy candles with those smells, because they smell good. But I remember my parents did try to battle the leakage problem. I remember they hired a crew. There was a backhoe that came in the backyard. They dug up the entire backyard. They put in a drainage pipe. They installed the pipe so the water would come down the hill before it got to the house, go into this drainage pipe, and ideally shoot down the front hill rather than into the basement. I don't know how effective it was because all I remember is water was always in that basement. My dad never went for the sump pump. My dad never went for the French drains. I think partly because there came a time when he could actually afford to do it long after all of us kids had moved out of the house. But I think by that time, he had accumulated so much stuff that was packed into that basement. There was no room to get to the place where you had to put French drains in. You have to get to the walls of the house. And you couldn't. There was just too much stuff there. He did eventually invest in one of those wet dry vacs. I actually still have his wet dry vac. Thankfully, and I'll tell you why in a few minutes. But he did invest in one of those so that he didn't have to squeegee the water out anymore. He would just go down with his shop vac, one of those big size ones, I don't know, 20 gallons. I still have it. I don't know how big it is. It just fills up. But he finally invested in one of those so he didn't have to go squeegee anymore. And it's a great investment. You just suck the water up, roll it out through the garage, drain it at the top of the driveway. But he had to do that for all the years that they stayed in that house. It wasn't until after they passed and we were selling the house that we finally put the French drains in. And we had to put the French drains in because the real estate agent said, you're not selling this house without the French drains. So he put the French drains and a pump in so that the house wouldn't be wet anymore. Long after everybody in the family stopped living in it, it became a decent dry basement. But because of that, because of how I grew up, because I spent so many years squeegeeing water and sweeping water and sponging water out of the basement, I've always been acutely aware of water in the basement. One of the selling points of the condo that we're in right now was the fact that it had French drains and a sump pump. And before we bought this place, I looked throughout the basement and I saw the drains and I saw the sump pump, but there was no indication that there had ever been any water in the basement. And the fact that part of the basement was partially finished, you know, wall-to-wall carpeting, nice shelves fixed into the wall, painted sheetrock, it looked really nice. I mean, the furnace room and the laundry area, they were unfinished, but I didn't care about those. There was a nice area down there. And I envisioned putting bookshelves in there, putting all my books on them, the DVD collection, my vinyl collection. Yeah, I have vinyl going back literally decades. So when we bought this place, I was really happy. I said, good, virtually no chance we'll ever get flooded. However, 
There was a part of me, always suspicious, always worried, always thinking about, well, what if? Because I know a sump pump can fail. I know there's a French drain there for a reason. I knew the water table was high in the area that we were in. Not so high that we would be flooded, but there's always the risk of a little water, I suppose. So all of the storage that we had, we have storage in the back of the furnace room. We have storage in the back of the laundry room. Everything was either in plastic bins or raised up off the floor. Why? Because I grew up in a house with a wet basement. I knew what would happen. If water ever came in, anything on the floor would get wrecked. Every bookshelf that I bought, I checked out. There was at least an inch to an inch and a half of clearance between the floor and the bottom of the shelves. I didn't have any shelves sitting directly on the floor. Why? Because I grew up in a house with a wet basement. I knew the risk. So we've been here for years. We've been here for over a decade. We were here through Superstorm Sandy. There was so much flooding all throughout New Jersey. So many people lost so much stuff. We didn't get a drop of water in the basement. Anything that came in went through the French drain and out through the sump pump. We didn't have water accumulate in the backyard. Everything flowed away from the condo. So after that, I was pretty confident we weren't ever going to be subject to any kind of flooding. That's one of the reasons that you move into a condo, by the way. You're not supposed to have to worry about that stuff. There's a maintenance company that's supposed to take care of that stuff. Well, something changed for us this year. I'm not sure what it is, but this past Christmas morning, Christmas 2020, Mrs. Gamerdude woke me up and said, hey, there's water in the basement. And I sprang right out of bed because water in the basement is bad. I know I grew up with water in the basement, in case I haven't made that clear. I know what it's like to have a wet basement. And sure enough, water had seeped into our basement. It looked like it was coming in through an area of the wall where the sump pump was not. But we couldn't isolate exactly where it was coming in. But thanks to the fact that I still had my dad's shop vac, I took that right downstairs, sucked up all the water. It was only there in a couple of spots. I wasn't too worried about it. I figured it was an aberration. The sump pump was still working. You could hear it cycle on and off. A couple of areas of the rug got wet, so I threw a couple of fans on them to dry them out because the last thing you want is a wet rug sitting in a basement. So I was able to dry out where the water had come in on Christmas morning, and we went on with our day. We were a little delayed, but we went on with our day. But that morning, I did look out at our backyard, and water was pooling back there, and it's not supposed to pool back there. There's a drainage system that's supposed to drain the water away from the condo, you know, so you don't get leaky basements. And for whatever reason, the water wasn't draining. Now, we had had some snow, followed by some rain, so I figured maybe that was just, you know, one of those fluky things. It accumulated there for the first time ever. We were just victims of circumstance. But I took pictures of it on Christmas morning, just to document it, just in case, being the suspicious and cautious fellow that I am. But nothing more happened. We got no more water in the basement. The sump pump continued to pump. And a couple of our neighbors came by and said, yeah, we're getting water in the basement. And I said, yeah, we did too. We compared notes, but nothing major had happened. Until the following Wednesday. I won't bore you with all of the details about how I came upon the water in the basement. Basically what happened was, I woke up in the morning, getting ready to do my work from home remote routine. I went into the bathroom upstairs, and there's a nightlight that's supposed to be on, and it wasn't. Our condo is one of those builder specials where they didn't really put a lot of thought into the process. They just got it done. And I've learned over the years that we've been here that there is a GFCI outlet in the basement. We actually have four in the house, two upstairs, one in the kitchen, and one in the basement for some strange reason. 
And what happens is, making a long, boring story short, those circuits and those outlets will blow if they get wet and you have to reset them. And so our contractor, in his infinite wisdom, had made the circuit for our upstairs bathroom connected to the basement outlet. I know. It sounds stupid. It is stupid. I've had an electrician to the house and he says, it is stupid. But I knew that the circuit had blown, so I had to go down to the basement. Well, I went down to the basement. And before I even turned a light on, I could see that the carpet looked of the wrong color. We had a nice beige carpet down in the basement. Before I even got down there, it was a dark brown. I could see it was a dark brown color. And I said, hmm, that's not good. Turns out a beige carpet, when it's soaked in water, is dark brown. Most of the cellar lights still worked. So I was able to flick the lights on and I could see the water down there. Part of the carpet was floating because it wasn't tacked down all over, just around the edges. So you had, you had the carpet in the middle floating on the water that was down there. It was a good two inches of water. Basically, all the water that was in the backyard, that had been pooling in the backyard, had been backing up into our sump pump area all night. And our sump pump, which I had had checked about three or four years ago, and the plumber said, yeah, it's fine. Well, it wasn't fine after working 24-7, continually pumping water all night long. And it burned out. And you know what happens when your sump pump burns out? It doesn't pump anymore. And so all of the water from the backyard was in my basement. Now, just to give you an idea of the volume, this is not counting the furnace area or the washer-dryer area, but the main area where it was partially finished, you know, where the workout equipment was, where all of the books, all of the records, all of the games, the TV that we use to work out, put our workout videos on, all of that stuff downstairs, that area is about 12 feet by 16 feet. So imagine that big an area with two inches of water in it. That's a lot of water. My first thought was, well, let me grab the shop vac. And I took the shop vac downstairs and I turned it on and started to try to suck the water out. Within 30 seconds, that thing was full. And I looked across the basement and it was like trying to empty the Atlantic with a teaspoon. I was trying to calculate in my head how long it would take me to try to get the water out of that basement using that shop vac that would fill up every 30 seconds. And I said, there's no way. There's no way I can do this. Now, I had to haul that shop vac out to empty it because you can't empty it into the sump pump because the pump's not working. So I had to haul this thing filled with water up the stairs. Thankfully, it's on wheels, so I could roll it up the stairs. But I knew that I couldn't do this job by myself. Ordinarily, I would. If it hadn't involved bailing the Atlantic with a teaspoon, I would have done it. But there was just no way I could do it. I didn't have the equipment. I also knew I couldn't let the water sit there. Number one, so we could try to salvage the stuff on the bottom shelves, because although I had made sure I had an inch of clearance on the bottom of the shelves, the water was above the bottom of the shelves. So everything sitting on the bottom shelf of every bookshelf that we have was wet. I also knew that I didn't want to leave it wet down there, because in case I haven't mentioned it in the past five minutes, I grew up in a house with a wet basement, so I know what it's like to have a soggy wet basement. I didn't want that smell. I didn't want that mustiness. I didn't want the risk of mold. I wanted to make sure that the house was in good shape. So to make a long story short, I know, too late. But to try to make a long story short, I got my plumber on the phone. He hooked me up with a crew that dries basements. We got the water out. We got the damaged property out. I'll tell you those stories in a future episode. But what I wanted to wrap things up with today was, I guess the lessons I learned from this, what I took from this, because... Like everything, it was a learning experience. One of the biggest things that I learned about this is I have a crapload of stuff that I really don't need. 
I have a lot of stuff that I like having. I have a ton of books. I have a ton of records. Candidly, I haven't listened to those records in literally years, but I have them because they meant something to me when I bought them years ago. I wasn't holding on to them because I was planning on selling them. I wasn't holding on to them because I wanted to make a mint off of my collection. I was holding on to them because they meant something to me. So that's one of the reasons that I've taken some time trying to dry them out, because they mean something to me. But the things that didn't mean anything to me, old newspapers, 30 years later, they don't mean anything. An old book that I read in high school, I don't even remember why I held on to it. It was stuck in the shelves. Some of my parents' papers that I'd held on to simply because they were my parents' papers, I didn't need them. I was holding on to them because they were my parents' papers, but they didn't really mean anything to me. It was just my mom's stuff, so I don't want to get rid of it. But the fact that I couldn't save it made it a whole lot easier to get rid of. And it gave me a good perspective. And as I continue to go through the stuff, that perspective continues. There's a lot of just stuff in my life that I don't really need. I mean, material objects. The things that are important to me, the people, the experiences I have with them, Mrs. GamerDude, the GamerDude kids, those are the things that are important. Those are the things that matter. Even if I have a book that's 100 years old, if I haven't looked at that book in a decade, does it matter whether I still have it downstairs? If I don't even remember that I have it, does it matter that I had it? What matters is the people in my life. What matters is the experiences that I've had with the people in my life. I can always get more stuff. I can get more stuff that's much more current than some of the old stuff that I have downstairs. The stuff that I have downstairs, it's nice to look at and remember, oh yeah, I remember when I got that book. But if I look at something and I don't remember why I have it or what it meant to me, do I really need to hold on to it? And I guess that's the important thing to take from all of this. Stuff is replaceable and disposable. People, the feelings they give you, the experiences you share with them, those are the things that you hold on to. I remember the trips that I take with Mrs. GamerDude. I remember the gifts we've exchanged. I remember the things that we've said to each other. That's the stuff that matters. And if nothing else, that's the thing that I'll take from the flood of 2021. The thing that matters is not the stuff you have or that you've accumulated or that you own. The things that matter are the people and the things you share with them. So there you have it. Let's call that my flood rant of 2021. Yeah, we're still working on putting the basement back together, but we've made a lot of progress. We've gotten rid of a lot of stuff and we've still got each other. And that's the thing that matters the most. So I appreciate you listening to me rant. I appreciate you listening to my stories. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen. That is going to do it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks for being here. Thanks for being a part of things. As always, I can't thank you enough for your support. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves. And I'll see you when I see you.